Hello and welcome back to part two of our conversation with William J. Sheehan. We hope you're enjoying this show as much as we are. Please remember to hit follow on the Your Ghost Stories page wherever you're listening. Without further ado, let's jump back in. So, Bill, not to discredit you at all, you know, I have absolutely no reason not to believe you, but I'm sure we have some skeptics listening. Can you tell them how you know that your wife is with you in the afterlife? <laughs> Do you have about eight hours? <laughs> you want me to get on a pulpit? But first of all, there is a simple promise at its onset. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, to say you believe in something, then, while you're living and breathing, requires a little action on your part. Okay? You don't just say this and then go back to the pig farm and wallow in the mire. You are now required, if you're changed internally or, quote, born again or renewed internally, your spirit man, it's going to outwardly manifest itself. And my life and the life of my wife were manifested in that way. I am certain, it's not a shadow of doubt in my mind, uh, that Paula is with all of the angels and saints now, as I will be when I meet her again. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Do you know, guys, how do we get on this subject? Well, because it's part of who I am. There are over 2,000 prophecies in the Old and New Testaments of what we call the Holy Bible. Almost all of them have already happened. And there's just a few left, my friends. So if you think they're not going to happen, you are barking up the proverbial wrong tree. Because if I was a betting man, I'd bet the house, the farm, my life, everything I own and am on that they're going to happen and they will happen. There's no doubt. There's no chance. This, the rest is all malarkey. You see, people today they're so caught up. People say to me, "Ah, if there's if there's a Bigfoot out there, how come nobody's got a picture?" Tons of people are getting pictures of this thing. There's loads. Yeah, there's loads. They just don't want to admit it. <laughs> there's a lot of CG. There's a lot of bullshit pictures in the mix. But some people are getting legit pictures, and people are having legit encounters, and. I can't throw everything out, good and the bad, together in one lump. I got to sort through it. I got to realize what is truth and what is not. You know, the Bible calls this discernment. Discernment of spirits. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God doesn't just send you on your way so you could get the shit beat out of you. He's given you wisdom, he's given you understanding, and his spirit dwells in you to lead you and guide you throughout your life. When somebody is coming near to me and I know there's a problem, I get an immediate check inside of me. There's something going on with this guy, Nigel. 
There's something going on with this guy, Jamie. I don't have to tell either one of you that I felt that, but that's my early warning system. And it's the same system in a different kind of light that everybody has, but that has been squelched through time and interference and societal noise that you would have when you were walking through the woods when there was no telephone, there was no radio, there was no automobile. You would get that warning like, hold it. Don't go any further. There's danger. And we all know that feeling. We've all had it at one or more times in our life, that warning, that check. Don't do it. Don't go. And you don't, and you realize sometimes you know, wow. Wow. I just avoided death. And most of the time, you don't have any idea of what would have or could have happened had you continued. But people say this all the time relative to Bigfoot. I was in this area of the woods, and all of a sudden, a sense of dread came upon me. A foreboding sense. Get out of here and get out of here now. And nine out of ten times when you ignore that, that's when the trouble begins. Definitely experience. Well, not not being in the woods, but in terms of um, either it's out with friends or like drinking, um, encountering people who um, have just given me a really bad, I hate saying vibe. No, it is. Just give, give me a really bad feeling. And it's like almost like, I feel sick. It's like the pit of my stomach. I feel, I feel really, something doesn't feel right. I feel uneasy. Yeah. I feel kind of unwell. And um, I just know there and then that I'm going to avoid that person. Whatever I can do to get out of this situation, I'm going to get out of it. Now, guys, um, I, I don't mean to keep beating the drum. There are more people out there than you can imagine that are delving into evil the dark arts witchcraft on tv drug abuse spending too much time watching these freaking body hacking movies at the theater drug abuse all of these things open you up to the realm of the enemy and once that bastard takes a hold of you you become a different person and you don't even have to be a Christian to be affected by that type of evil. But if you get in the presence of somebody who's not squared up, you're going to feel that. Now, you may ignore it. You may second guess yourself and say, well, well I just feel that. That's kind of weird. I want you to do an experiment just to show yourself really how sensitive you are if you allow it. How many times were you parked at a traffic light in your car waiting for the light to change to move? And all of a sudden, you turn your head. Only to realize the person next to you was looking at you. It's a simple experiment, but the concentrated gaze of a Sasquatch, of a cougar, 
of another human being on you broke that early warning system and caused you to turn. You don't even know why you turned. You're not even aware of it. You don't give it a second thought. It happens so many times. But in years gone by, when trouble was afoot and people lived more or less more solitary lives, freed up from the nuances and the, quote, conveniences of today's modern living, they were way more sensitive to these things than we are. It really was a matter of life and death at times. You were protecting your family. You had to be tuned in. And if you weren't, it could cost somebody their life. I agree with that, Seth, yeah. It does seem that over the years, us as humans have kind of lost touch to our, to our, nature, to our nature side, to our spiritual side. Definitely, yeah, especially with technology. You're getting dumbed down. We're getting dumbed down for sure, especially with things like chat GDP, um, AI coming so prevalent. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it, we're seeing it happen before our eyes in such a short space of time as well. And it's scary to know what's going to happen uh, in, for the next generation and the generation after. Get ready, guys. Because as sure as I'm sitting here before you, in my mind, in my heart, and in my spirit, I think that we are heading towards the culmination of good and evil. You could call it the end times. You could call it whatever you want to call it. It's not going to be avoided. And it is going to happen as sure as shooting. So you can decide at this moment in your life to choose good. You know, Joshua in the Old Testament, he took over the helm of Israel from Moses when Moses had died. He stood before the Israelites. He was sick and tired of their bitching and moaning, just like Moses was. Maybe he thought he was going to have a different effect on them, but he realized it was the same crap all over again. And he stood before them on a hillside and he said, choose this day who you are going to serve. Pretty blanket statement, right? He probably could have told him to F off, and I've had it with you. We don't know exactly what he said, but he brought them to a decision point where he said, I'm fed up. Choose who you're going to serve today. Those who are for over here, those who are against over there, and that's exactly what he did. But you, my friends, and everybody else, including me, are left with a decision who we're going to serve. And you will some serve somebody, and you are serving somebody right now. And you got to find out, am I serving the right side? Am I serving the victorious side? Right. So going off on this little tangent on the topic of God, Satan, good and evil. Bill, what is your opinion on Satanism being so prevalent in popular culture in Hollywood and music right now? Yeah, and what? 
No, let me ask you something, guys. Why? How old are you, first of all? How old are you two guys? So I'm 30, and yeah, Nigel is 20. No, I'm at, I've just turned 35. Okay, so you guys are basically half my age. When I go back into the 60s, there were like three channels on my television set. No cable. You had a record player. We didn't even have uh, cassette tapes, which was the first eight tracks was the first thing to come out. Cassettes. I was starting to see little hints of things here and there, a little bit of perversion on the TV set, a slightly risque commercial. And I was saying to myself back then, this is not going to end well. Something in my spirit, even though I was kind of working on my vile side back then until I had my own awakening, I still said within myself, something is not going to end well with what's going on here. And little by little by little, things began to progress. Year to year, decade upon decade, worse and worse. What used to be an an X-rated movie became an R-rated movie. What used to be an R-rated movie became PG. Things were being uh, shown. Uh, The dress, the performance of different groups uh, the ways they were presenting themselves, uh, the looseness of society, uh, drug abuse, hard drugs, uh, hallucinogens, all of this stuff started to grow and escalate. Then, as we were knowing more about what was going on, because you were kind of ignorant at some point, you had no other than your library or whatever the newspaper would put in print, You were ignorant of a lot of things that were going on unless you knew people that were involved in such things. It just seems to have escalated and escalated. Now, there's a lot of people out there who, for the moment, think that it's cool to say I'm a witch. They think it's cool to think, I don't want to be some friggin' faggy Christian. I want to be where the action is, you know. And before you know it, you're getting into animal sacrifices. Instead of just reading and making some stupid incantations in your house, inviting evil in on your household, now it's the hoods and the cloaks. It's out in the woods. It's bonfires. It's sacrificing animals. It's spells and incantations. You give that freaking fiend an inch and he's going to take a mile eventually. And he's patient to wait for you to get to that mile marker. Just keep pulling you in like this. Pulling you in, pulling you in, pulling you in. And that's exactly what's going on. And that's exactly what you guys are recognizing and seeing, having come in at different points of life as we have 30 and 35. I just turned 65. So, I've seen a lot, and I've been involved in a lot. Thank God I'm still alive. 
because it could have gone the other way. But God in his mercy pulled me out of the pit. And here I am talking shop. (laughs) (laughs) And I have no problem. I don't care if you never call me again. (laughs) But I'm going to be who I am and say what I say irregardless. Yes, because you're not free if you don't. If if you, uh, I know, obviously not being out there to hurt anyone, but if you're free to speak your mind, then you're truly free. When you're self-censoring yourself, you're no longer free, which is what um, what I see on a daily basis. You know, you say something online and so on. You can't say that. It's not right. And that's why you can't tell me what to do. You know, as long as I haven't trespassed or hurt anyone, but now they're trying to make that all sort of uh, hate crimes. And, and that's, I, all I part of this, <laughs> that's all part of this end times thing. To back you into a corner that you don't speak your mind, to have all the do's and the do nots all lined up neatly in order. There is no more healthy debate. I filled. I filled out a questionnaire uh, at the physical therapy office the other day. It's not the first time I've seen this. How do you identify yourself? You should have put Bigfoot. Are you out of your effing mind? How do I identify myself? I'm a man. I've got a freaking <laughs> penis. I was born a man. That's what I am. You need to ask me. I got a full man chew mustache. What do you think I am, Sally? What a stupid, ah, you know, nothing irks me more than all of this nonsense. But they're trying to drive you down the road of this mutual acceptance. I'm okay, you're okay. Anything goes when the whistle blows. Don't be a hater. In other words, you can't even speak your mind because if it goes against what I think or what she thinks, you're a hater. We're supposed to be all-inclusive, all-accepting, you know, baloney. I still call a spade a spade, and I still call what's wrong wrong and what's right right. And that's my call. And when you lose that, you have lost everything. There's a lot of people out there who I just say that they're the silent majority. They know it's not right, and they're, they're afraid of speaking up. Yeah, but they're they afraid speak. of speaking up. But I'm seeing it more and more where people are just going, I've, you've pushed me too far. I've had enough. Off with your crap. Yeah, I've had, I've had enough, enough of your crap. Off you go. I'm not, I'm not, I don't tolerate, yeah. I don't tolerate it. I'm, I'm not playing, placating or anything like that. I'm just, I just think absolute rubbish. You know, one of the greatest lies the enemy ever told to mankind was not to speak about religion or politics. And I was alive when that first started to be bantered around for the first time around. And the end result of that has been that you have people that sit around in private. They'll tell me because they know I'm a prayerful man uh, and that I speak my mind in private. They'll say to me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic guy, you know, and you know, this and that back in the office. Nothing. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father in heaven. And if you do not confess me before men, 
neither will I confess you before my father in heaven. That's pretty cut and dry. What do we have to talk about when I tell you that? Any questions? But people don't know. And as long as you don't know, you're ignorant. And as long as your mouth is zipped, you're of no service to anybody else, including yourself. You know, debate. Debate used to be a big thing in the collegiate ranks. My understanding now is like you really don't have many debate teams anymore. They don't want to get into this headbutting. Student against student, ideals against ideals, proving your case or disproving mine. Why? What are you afraid of? If you listen to our podcast, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, you know, my brother and I kick around a lot of different things, and I kind of have to tone things down a little bit. But when I get on some of these interviews and I'm, you know, people are asking my opinion about this and that, well, you're going to get my opinion. <laughs> you just may not be ready for it, my friend. But, you know, the books, too, the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters series, uh, I'm working on volume 11 right now, if you can believe that. Yeah, and I just finished recording uh, volume 10 in audiobook, so that should be uh, good to go in the not-too-distant future. And, uh, you know, on and on we go, you know. You know, talking about Bigfoot, this guide, I have always said that people, I don't know why this is, but people who have had one type of encounter or experience generally have had more than one. And I don't know why that is. Like, are you marked out? Are you picked out as being, you know, a target for things to happen? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've had a number of things happen to me that are the God's honest truth, including now the activity with my wife. Uh, but. Why is that? I don't know. But this guy that I just finished interviewing a few weeks ago from up in Colorado, he had several encounters uh, with the Bigfoot creature in his uh, lifetime, and he's still alive. So uh, I don't know why that is. You know, people say, why not me? I don't have the answer for you, my friend. I don't know why not you. I only know what happened to me. You know, so maybe you should be glad nothing happened to you. You know, you might regret it. Here in the UK, it's quite common to hear uh, folklore of big cats stalking our countrysides. Yes. Um, but we have actually had a few stories of sightings of a Bigfoot here in the UK. Have you heard uh, any stories before? I have not. Would, would you like to hear one? <laughs> yes, I would like to hear one. <laughs> cool. Cause, uh, oh, yeah, I really wanted to read this one out for you. So this this one takes place uh, in a place called uh, near Cornwall, which okay. is south, I think it's southwest UK. South, yeah, southwest, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, here we go. This, I think for me, um, I think it was quite some time ago, actually. I think maybe the 70s or 80s. But okay. here we go. The existence of the large and humanoid creature also known as sasquatch has often been dismissed but decades of sighting from the southwest to the highlands suggest that bigfoot or wild men could be roaming the british countryside 
The terrifying event took place about 20 years ago in the St. Morgan area near Newquay. A local man explained how he spotted Bigfoot in a wooded area after the creature had been watching him for hours. The spotter, who remained anonymous, said, I realise I may have seen the creatures that you talk about years ago when I was working. Mm. I'm kind of in shock to tell you the truth, so I was unsure whether or not to get in touch. I used to live in Devon and Cornwall, a little village called St. Morgan. I was unsure what to write as I wanted to say I've seen one of these creatures you see for sure and I think there was another one but I only clearly saw one. While I was making cages in the wood for my boss's pheasant hunt just outside of St Morgan I used to hear wood knocks all the time down there and I wasn't really sure what it was at first. Mm-hmm. It was about 20 odd years ago that it happened. I was in my early 20s maybe 22 or 23 years old. A young man was working in a field outside of the village when the incident happened. The only way I can describe it is that this wooded all around with a steep hill with a field at the bottom. My old boss used to keep pheasants and other birds up there. People paid him to shoot on his land. He and I were up on the side of the hill on the far edge. I remember climbing through vegetation and trees. Anyway, I was talking to him about the pheasants and birds. And afterwards, me and another guy and his daughter were left there to finish off the work. We were left alone. I remember getting finished and hearing a wood knock about 30 yards away. I couldn't see anything. I looked at them and they looked at each other and said nothing. So we just carried on packing up. It started again louder and closer and it made me jump. Once again, they didn't say anything. They just carried on working. I was kind of thinking perhaps it was a woodpecker, but no. The group was sharing a van, which was too small for the three of them. So when it was time to leave the field, the man stayed behind. This is when he saw Bigfoot. Hmm. He, he said, I had to wait to get picked up later. This was the reason I stayed behind. I couldn't make out where the sound was coming from. I could still see the edge of the forest where we had been before when I heard it earlier on. I waited on the edge of the forest and I could hear rustling in the bushes. I looked, but I couldn't see anything. And then I guess my eyes adjusted and I began to focus because I saw a face. This face was looking back at me and there were clicks and whistles everywhere. I don't know why, I still wasn't sure what it was. I walked forward to try and have a better view and then it stood up. I don't know why, but I just felt it was not fully grown. It was a male about six foot five inches tall. It was kind of a copper colour and it looked right at me. It was gone in the shot as I heard my old boss's Land Rover returning to collect me. When he got into the vehicle, the witness was lost for words and remained silent. His his concerned colleague asked him what was going on. Eventually, he said to him, Has anyone ever seen anything anything about a Bigfoot here? He eventually responded, Oh yes, we call them woodways here. Just leave them be. And the guy goes on to say, I felt it had been watching us all the time we were out there. I wish I could explain it all more fully to you as I'm sitting here remembering things about that day. I have heard people say you get a smell with them. I didn't get any smell and I don't know why. But yeah, that was um that was just one of the stories. You know what? I've always wondered why I don't really know quite how to say this. You know, obviously your land is connected to a lot of other real estate. Uh, 
I've never quite understood why there isn't like a migration or something coming that is it a climate related thing uh is it a availability of food there's certainly wildlife i i don't understand that whole thing why there isn't more going on where you live there's certainly a lot of things going on where you live particularly in the paranormal realm uh but you know, like my brother just came back from Stonehenge a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he's out there and there's a circle of witches laying on their back out in the lawn near the hedge. You know, so there is a concentration of effort uh, going on in your neck of the woods towards that end of things, if you catch my drift. And it's been that way for a lot longer than the history of the United States as we know it. I mean, you got houses that people are living in there that are five times older than the history of the United States. Yeah, so there's there's a concentration, there's a vested interest in your enemy, uh, in your area by the enemy. He's had strongholds there for a long time. Now, we don't know, relative to this report, what this individual saw. Was this a flesh and blood entity, or was it something else? Exactly. I, I mean, over here in the UK, most people are either um, concentrated in the cities or the smaller towns. It's not. People don't usually go venturing off into, say, the wilderness in the UK. You do have a load of public footpaths which like are like the local councils will maintain but it's not really a done thing what people just go oh mm -hmm. i'm just going to go see what's over here i'm going to walk over here in the middle of nowhere it just doesn't happen so i, right. I do think that there are probably more sightings and more things that go on we just don't see them but also as well because over here in the uk i think it's a people have got to i think people have seen a lot more than what they said but they won't bring it forward because probably they're sort of like worried you know whether of course they're scared of they're afraid of ridicule they don't have thick skin they can't stand the heat yes that's it that's the word i was like you do a flyover yeah. over the united states from new york to california at night for, for the most part you're not even going to see a light bulb lit you may not even see a road. That's how the concentration of people is in such a vast space. But the people who live in the places where there's a lot of people lose sight of the fact that this is like a little enclave in a big space that is otherwise uninhabited by people. We lose sight of that. You know, you leave New York City proper, like what people know as Manhattan, the boroughs, Staten Island. You go a little bit and you are completely out in the sticks. You wouldn't even know the city was behind you if you didn't know it was there. You're back out into these little communities a house here, a house there, 
the mountains, woods, the rivers. If you didn't know Manhattan was behind you, you'd think everything was like this because that's the way it is. But you get, I say that people see something because they're looking. And by far, a lot of people that are having experiences are people who are challenging the wilderness, hiking, hunting, camping, uh, boating. You know, they're out there in these places where most do not go. I mean, what's to be said about that? I think I yeah. already said it. You know, they're seeing stuff because they're looking. Exactly, yeah. I, I do have actually another story. It's not about Bigfoot. And this is um, some my brother. He used to uh, work as a security guard many years ago for a big um, like depot. And uh, he used to talk to a lot of the um, lorry drivers that used to come in. And one lorry, over the years, he got friendly with one. And they, he told him um, this story of uh, something that happened to him. So I haven't told you before, Jamie, so this is uh, new. But near, um, I remember he, he, my brother did show me this place on Google Maps. And uh, this was years ago. I'm going to have to ask him again because I've tried to find it since and I haven't managed to find it. But it's near, in the countryside, somewhere near um, Peterborough. So this uh, lorry driver got talking to someone and they told him about an area of interest. So, and the area of interest was um, basically it was a big circle of trees. And in the center of that circle was one tree. And then you had a path coming straight down and then two uh, coming off to the side. So it was like in a circle. I suppose like the, the hippie sort of like um, peace. Peace symbol. That's it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so this this lorry driver, him and his mate, go out to this. Um, they got it on the map where this old song was showing them where to go, and um, they pull up on a um, on a country road, and uh, they had to walk really far to get to this place. It's not just like down; they can't get close to it. Basically, you have to get there on foot. So they spend ages walking over to this place, and they finally get there, and they're having a look around the place. And they're looking and it's like this well-maintained part, three paths coming to this uh, tree at the center. And they realize it's starting to get a bit sort of on the dark side. Um, like uh, dusk is coming. And anyway, that they started to hear sort of like a load of sort of voices and like talk, like sort of like just they heard people. So they, they sort of like ha appeared through the through the trees and they saw a long line of people wearing robes hooded robes with torches and i don't mean like flashlights but fire torches yeah yeah, yeah. and they they said they absolutely shit themselves they thought that mm. they they thought oh shit we've stumbled on a on a cult we've been set up they've been someone sent and they panicked and they sort of like run to the opposite side away from the trees and they watched them going into like the circle and then they obviously fear struck them and then they just booted it as fast as they could to get back to um, their car and by the time they got back to their car they were absolutely exhausted but uh, yeah and then um, they, were, they, they just uh, he told my brother that this was like uh, one of the most terrifying experiences he had because he thought that he genuinely thought that if they got them to 
they would have probably been in real trouble and they probably would have disappeared. But I, I remember him showing me that and I, I remember seeing it on Google and I was like, oh my God, he's, yeah, because you're not pulling my leg. I can see it. But <laughs> You know, here's the difference. And guys, I, I have to go. But I, I'm having a dinner engagement with somebody this evening and they just tried to contact me and I hit the button that says, uh, I can't talk right now. But he knows that I was going to be on with you guys. So I told him, if you call me, I'm still on with these fellas. But um, when you contact pure evil, it's not what you expect. It's not pleasant. There's no good coming from it. And it's invitation only. And once you cast your lot in with that, uh, God help you. Because what you feel just being near to that is an entirely different experience than when you're engaged with it. Because, man, you've got to hope to God that he reaches down and pulls you out if you get in deep with these types of cults and that type of activity. Because uh, you have no idea what you're flirting with. You know, when the original movie, The Exorcist, was filmed back in the 70s here, it was loosely based on a true happening. And it happened to a, a young boy, not a young girl. And his aunt was toying with him with a Ouija board. And it was just a matter-of-fact thing. We don't know much about the aunt. But we know what the end result was for the boy. Uh, he was taken over. And uh, we don't have to talk too much about what happened with that, but you got to really be guarded in this life about what you allow to come into you and what offensive measures and or defensive measures you're taking in your own life to protect yourself. From such things. We have power. You know, when I say we, I'm talking me and people like me have been given power from on high over all the power of the enemy. And I would not mess with any of that stuff for all the tea in China and all the money on earth because it is just not worth it what wonderful wise words to close the show awesome uh, it's been amazing chatting to you bill and we really hope we can get you on again in the near future it's been a pleasure yeah no nah, it's a lot of fun guys and i always like uh chatting it up uh an old irishman talking to some boys across the ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> lovely to meet you, man. Enjoy your dinner. Yep. Take care. It was a Same to you guys. You take care. You. All the God best. Bless. Take care, Bill. Thank you.